When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Studio 12, your podcast home for Texas A&M athletics. Welcome. It's Studio 12 on this Wednesday. I'm Will Johnson. And yesterday in the south end zone of Kyle Field, it was Town Hall Tuesday. Ross Bjork, the A&M AD, was here to answer questions submitted by the 12th man. We will bring you the town hall in its entirety on today's Studio 12. The first topic on the docket was football scheduling. And the first question out of the gates came from Sutton Turner, A&M class of 93. And he was asking, what kind of scheduling matrix does Ross Bjork follow? And as there usually is, the scheduling topic did center around a possible future football game with Texas. That's where we begin the February edition of Ross Bjork's Aggie Town Hall. When we left off in January, uh, we kind of had a topic that we closed with. And we, we got together after a, that January town hall and thought it would be nice to open with the same topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it dealt with kind of your philosophy on scheduling because you continue to get that question about do you play Texas? How do you schedule? What do you look at? Yeah. And leave it to a great friend of the program. Mm-hmm to perfectly set us up to begin this show (laughs) because time and time again on these town halls Sutton Turner class of 93 here in College Station 
he's come through with some terrific yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, some some really enlightened stuff. And I think you tweeted out after the last one. He's very engaged. Yeah. He's perceptive. Right. And uh, he just knows uh, the topic. So, uh, again, thanks to Sutton because he set us up to get us started, <laughs> get us started <laughs> here today on this uh, town hall. So, Sutton asked... <laughs> Uh, Even during a COVID year, he said, my wife and I were blessed to be able to make almost all of our football away games. And we find it a special treat, or we did find it a special treat when we went to Clemson in 2019. And we're already picking the best restaurants in Denver for this fall, (laughs) which I love for the Colorado (laughs) game. Uh, He he is excited about the future schedule. You'll go to Miami. You'll go to South Mm -hmm. Bend to play Notre Dame. You'll go to Tempe to play Arizona State. You'll go to Louisville. Uh, He mentioned playing Texas would remove those trips. So, segueing in mm-hmm. to our continuation of your topic, Sutton asks, what is your matrix on evaluating future opponents? Sutton has it all mapped out. Yeah. So he's got uh, South Beach. He's got uh, what you do when you go to Notre Dame is you actually stay in Chicago uh-huh. and you take the train over to South Bend on game day. Ooh. That's, that's, Ooh. What, that's, that, that's history. That's nostalgia. I mean, it's a great mm. – you stay like – Probably downtown Chicago somewhere. Mm-hmm. The Amtrak goes right into South Bend. Tempe, uh, probably lots of golf. Um, <laughs> and then Louisville is has uh, got to be uh, the Bourbon uh, Trail. Ain't, well, you could. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, so uh, yeah. Sutton, you've got it all mapped out. Yeah. We appreciate that. Maybe uh, a horse race or two. Yeah. Uh, Brioni's uh, outside of Phoenix. That's a restaurant. I'll tell you that right now. You're not, you won't be disappointed. Chicago. If you Look, if you go hungry in Chicago, it's yeah. your own fault. We've got it all mapped <laughs> out. So. So I, I like the question, and, and basically, so you've got it all mapped out, Sutton. We're booked with a, a Power 5 game all the way through 2029. Mm-hmm. So our, our rotation of those Power 5 games are exactly what he laid out, home-and-home home series with, uh, with those teams, and we're booked through 2029. So the earliest opportunity that we have to add a Power 5 opponent is 2030. So we're in conversations right now with lots of different programs. And the, the philosophy for that, that particular game, and then we'll talk overall here in a second, is big brands, stadiums that are like, like-sized stadiums, if, if we can find those opponents. So think of, you know, think of Big Ten, right? Think of things out on the West Coast. Uh, great places to visit. So although Louisville, okay, stadium, you know, 65, 70,000 seats, but – Really, it's a destination because of what we just mentioned earlier about the, the Bourbon Trail. So you look at all those things. Um, so that that's really what we're looking for in 2030 and, and beyond is those kind of things. Overall scheduling, we have eight conference games. Toughest league, toughest division, bar none in college football. I don't really see that changing anytime soon, right? So the eight games will, will remain, SEC. Then we play four non-conference one of those has been a power five. The other three have been two FBS that come here. And so we pay them a guarantee. And then the other has been an FCS game. And we've been able to, to rotate that game with a lot of in-state opponents. And so community relations-wise, we've been able to keep a couple of those games within the A&M system. Yeah. Prairie View A&M, Tarleton State comes on the schedule. So really that's been the philosophy. And until somebody tells us that we have to change that related to the CFP, the college football playoff, we're going to keep that uh, rotation and keep that philosophy in mind. If Again, if fan attendance and fan experience dictates another route that we need to go, then you have to look at that as well. We know that the Arkansas game, I don't, I'm not sure why we have to keep clarifying this, <laughs> 
we've said it a thousand times, when the Arkansas contract expires at Jerry's World, we will move that game back to, to our campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Arkansas feels the same way. And so that game will add, uh, in some years, an eighth home game. So as we look out past 2024, mm-hmm. there's going to be some years where we have that Power 5 opponent coming mm-hmm. to Kyle Field, and then the Arkansas game is the home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's some years that we have eight home games yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of the way the things were already scheduled, the way these non-conference games were already booked. And so that's, uh, that's the matrix, if you will, Sutton. You're, you're probably – you probably think like we're really sophisticated, but we, we have a website that we go to. <laughs> it's called Gridiron, and it's all organized, and we push a couple of buttons. There's a person who, who keeps uh, track of that website, and uh, that's where all the games are kind of um, outlined and monitored, and um, that's, uh, that's the matrix, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. With the way that A&M is trending, if TV – College football comes to you and says, we want you in one of those, when I say preseason, mm-hmm. right around Labor Day. You, that's a, that becomes another conversation, doesn't it? Yeah, but, but we're booked. Right. Right? We're booked mm-hmm. until that two th- 2029 uh, time frame. And that's why the whole, the whole Texas thing keeps coming up like, you know, hey, we'll move. It's not that easy. It's not that easy just to slide things around and move things around. There's no reason to, to play that game. And the earliest you could even play it is 2030, and who knows what the landscape looks like Great point. by that point in time. And so if we're approached by those neutral site games, mm-hmm. then it'd have to be 2030 or later because of the way we're scheduled out right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As always, thank you, Sutton. Very perceptive. Great job, Very Sutton. intelligent. And, and <laughs> he, we may just have him lead us off. It's <laughs> yeah, town to. hall. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what, is, what uh, Sutton's job is, but he, ha- he has a lot of time. <laughs> If he's, if he's sitting here watching this That's at two, 2 o'clock on a That's Tuesday. True. Maybe he watches it uh, when it's uh, loaded on the website. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or he could listen to Studio 12 tomorrow, the radio there show, you go. which we will have a re-air of this town hall on tomorrow's there you go. Studio 12. Uh, continuing, let's stick with football since uh, we just began right there. Uh, interesting question from uh, Dixon Evans, and this was submitted on Twitter with the hashtag AskRoss, as you can always do. Uh, when do we expect to know what maximum seating capacity at Kyle Field will be this fall? And in parentheses, he did disclose, if I missed an update, I apologize. Yeah. But I don't think he did yet. No, I don't, nothing, nothing official. Um, obviously, uh, we sent out uh, season ticket renewals on uh, February the 2nd. And we really based those renewals off of the 2019 season, right? Because last year we were limited at 25%. And then anybody who was a new season ticket holder, in 2020, those are the people that got a renewal form to renew your 2020. So if you opted out of the 2020 season, but you had tickets in 2019 or earlier, you got a renewal. And so those renewals went out on February 2nd. And our our approach, as we said here today on uh, February the 23rd, is that we will operate at full capacity, that we'll have full stadiums, we'll have the full experience, we'll have the, the Aggie band back on the field, We'll do all the things that we normally do. There may be protocols. We may be wearing face coverings. Mm -hmm. We don't know all those answers yet, but that's the plan as we sit here today. Full stadium, full season ticket allotment, 12th man section, student section, full. People are going to be vaccinated at a a really, really high level. Mm -hmm. Those are all the projections, right? The whole herd immunity, all those things. We should be just in a much better place. But 
If we have to pivot, mm-hmm. we know we can. The virus, uh, we've said the virus will dictate. But as we said here today, that's a great question. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've really said anything officially. Um, and so uh, who was that from? Dixon, Dixon, Dixon Evans. Dixon yeah. Evans. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you asking that question. So renew your tickets, buy new season tickets, and let's, uh, let's fill up Kyle Field mm-hmm. like it should be. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first game is uh, <laughs> inside joke. Anything I'm sorry. we tape, September I'll remind you. <laughs> September, yeah. 4th. September 4th. Kent yes. State, the Golden okay. Flash is coming down. Yeah. Here we go. And then go to, go to Colorado after that. And yeah. The other thing, um, and, and, I, and I wrote this down on my notes here when we got the question, is there was a study that was just put out by Med Archive. Med Archive. And there was four doctors Georgia Tech, Boston Medical Center, and uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. And Harvard was uh, intertwined in here somewhere. Uh, study of all NFL communities, all NCAA, uh, FBS communities that hosted football with fans. Mm-hmm. And basically the bottom line study was they could not detect a spread from any attendance of live football games from last fall. Wow. So, again, great data, mm-hmm. vaccines coming. All those things are in place, and so we just need to stay the course, stay diligent, keep wearing our masks, hopefully get vaccinated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's our plan. That's full, a great report. Full stadiums. Yeah. Great report, yeah. Uh, one more with football. I believe one more with football, and then we will kind of venture well, around. And well, there's a suggestion. There's a question and a suggestion. Correct. <laughs> one more football question, yeah. one more football suggestion. Uh First, uh, Daniel from San Antonio with a question, and I love that Daniel just put on his class here a graduate. A graduate. Sometimes yes. you do that when you take a little time to get out of college like myself. So yeah. just put yeah. a he graduate. May, he, he may have yeah. crammed four years into eight. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. There you go. At least he finished. Yeah. He, yeah. he finished. You got it. Uh, Daniel asks, uh, when is the football team locker room going to be renovated? It seems like Alabama and other SEC schools are renovating. Ours last took place in 2014. It's a great question, Daniel. And I would say if, uh, if COVID had, had not have uh, struck uh, last year, we had lots of plans and concepts going at the time to look at the Bright Building and see what kind of refresh we needed to do there. What, what is our indoor practice facility? And we're just talking football. What does our indoor practice facility need uh, to have happen? It's, uh, it's a little short. It's a little narrow. Uh, Jimbo really likes to use that pretty much every day. Um, and so that, that space needs a, needs a look in, in what can happen there. An example is our player lounge is across the walkway mm-hmm. from our locker room. Mm-hmm. Normally your player lounge is integrated into your locker room space. So we need to look at all of that. Our team meeting room is probably too small now, believe it or not. Yeah. Because of the size of the staffs now, your rosters may be a little bit bigger. And so we need to look at, you know, can we make that team meeting room a little bit bigger? Um, we, need, uh, we need more academic space. Mm-hmm. And so the point is, Daniel, it's, it's on the list. We dusted off all of those master plan concepts. We're reviewing all those things now. Uh, it takes a lot to kind of ramp these things up. It's not like you can just uh, put on a sheet of paper, draw a few things out. <laughs> it takes architects and engineers and campus planning people. So we've reengaged that process. Those things are moving forward, but it's really kind of in a really, really quiet phase. You won't see a lot publicly, but uh, things are happening uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. 
The uh, suggestion is uh, stencil Kyle Field and the A&M logo on the stadium's white shaded roof of the student section and reserve section. So when an aerial picture and video is taken by the network during game day, it advertises wow. Texas A&M. It was from Rick Alanis down in Mission, Texas. Hey, look. So I guess <laughs> is he? I guess he's talking about the east side. Would be the east side. I assume field. the awnings that come out over right. The those third are huge. Yeah, those are huge, huge yeah. awnings. Yeah. Obviously, you always have the sort of the blimp mm-hmm. shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for the the CBS games. Yeah. Hey, look, I don't know how you'd get up there and paint that. <laughs> I guess there's probably somebody who would do that. Right? I am sure if you put a call out, someone would, someone do, would it. do it. Yeah. Maybe maybe now there's drones that drone actually painting. paint. Oh. <laughs> and I bet you could. You I, bet could there's an Aggie. To do anything. I bet there's an Aggie who could do that. Yeah. Head over to the engineering school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> here's your final. This, here's this your is your project final. for your and final. Paint the roof of coffee. With a drone. With a drone. It's got to be with a drone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I thought about when I saw this question is I don't know if there's any sort of FAA restrictions, Ooh. right? Because we are close Looks to the like airport. Yeah. We've got Easterwood Airport. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of probably time and money. Time, time to research it, figure it out, and money to – to make it happen. Now, you also said you referenced a, a 2.30 kickoff, a CBS, a national television. Well, you don't always have a blimp for a game. Right. Night games, you're going to have to get it lit, too, whatever whatever you're it. painting up yeah. there. Right. So, I mean, there's. And, and this will just be personal. The next time we go to Alabama, we're bringing that overhang for our booth there, Brian Denny. <laughs> Oh, remember yeah, because of the yeah. sun yes. it's brand new oh, i forgot the about that gone. yeah it was rough because <laughs> I, I you know you we know because yeah, you were we right were, next we to were us right, yeah, yeah we were right there yeah, yeah. so um, and uh, i think uh mr gold who's the play-by-play for alabama he was not happy eli's never worn a hat for a broadcast that's the first time i've ever seen he him was do not that happy, and so. i have a feeling a&m and alabama will be playing 230 <laughs> games right i think so quite a bit but no i i look i, I think it's a great idea um Hey, we'll uh, hey this master plan list that we just talked about. Maybe we add the stencil of uh, the roof line. There you go. To uh, get, to the get list. it done with the locker room. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. At the same That's time, right. knock it all out in the same project. That's right. You are listening to the February edition of the Aggie Town Hall with Director of Athletics Ross Bjork. He joins Andrew Monaco and I each month to hit the topics that are on the top of the list with the twelfth man. We'll get word to you on when the March Town Hall will unfold. Uh, before then, you can submit questions to the AD at the official website of Texas A&M Athletics. Go to 12thman.com slash askross. We are back with more on the Town Hall on this episode of Studio 12. After this, on The Zone. Listen up, homeowners and potential homeowners. If you are interested in refinancing, purchasing, or taking cash out, call Matt Winslow at 936-443-3064. That's Matt Winslow at 936-443-3064. Matt is Aggie Class of 01 and has over a decade of experience in the mortgage industry. He brings the Aggie Code of Honor to his business. Give him a call. Give him five minutes. He will give you an honest answer about where you stand. He's told potential customers before, your mortgage looks great. Monthly payment and interest rate are really good. You don't need help. Stay right where you are. But he can help if you need it. If he sees you need help with a better interest rate or a lower payment, he can do that for you. Give him a call. Give him five minutes. Matt Winslow, Aggie Class of 01. 
936-443-3064. Again, that number, 936-443-3064. Yesterday was Town Hall Tuesday. That means we're walking it back on Wednesday, I guess. We continue with A&MAD, Ross Bjork, right now. I, I like uh, that Derek, uh, class of 2014 from Houston, submitted this basketball question, but I am going to save him a little bit here. Okay. So, so first, just question, uh, references your time at your past school. Okay. The Pavilion at Ole Miss, he says, is a, spe- is a spectacular college basketball venue and was constructed during mm-hmm. your time as AD there. Now, I'm going to say this. Derek actually spelled it when he submitted the question. I corrected it for him. Old Miss. Old Miss. Okay. O-L-D Old. Miss. Okay. But okay. Derek, just so you know, it's O-L-E. Yeah, Miss. there you go. But uh, he said, what would it take to get a maroon version of the pavilion in College Station for our men's and women's basketball teams? Another great question. And honestly, something that is, is on the list in terms of uh, looking at all the master plan and the different concepts. And, and really the, the question is, do you renovate and expand Reed Arena or do you build a new one? Right. And that, that's really his question is, can you build a new, a new arena, a new pavilion, which is the name uh, there at Ole Miss? Um, the question about new is, is location. Where, where would you put it, right? Where would you put it? The other complicating factor um, in West Campus, although it seems like it has a lot of space, a lot of that space is accounted for, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. either there's a parking lot there. There's a lot over there. So yeah. you have to mitigate, mm-hmm. you know, loss of parking or it's planned out for the next round of capital projects uh, related to academics. Um, so one is site. The other thing is we have a beautiful Cox McFerrin Center. And we have just spent a lot of money updating the locker rooms in there, the lobbies, the hallways, the offices. And that's where we operate day-to-day for men's and women's basketball. And so if you put an arena somewhere else, you kind of lose that detachment of we operate here day-to-day, we walk right into Reed, and we play the Mm -hmm. games. And so at this point in time, I, I would say we're more focused on a renovated and expanded Reed Arena. And when I say expanded, I don't mean necessarily seating capacity. I mean amenities, mm-hmm. premium seating, wider concourses, better restrooms, perhaps some stand. One of the things that's that I love uh, about the pavilion design is in the way we designed it was pretty much no matter where you stood in the building, you could always feel the game. You could hear it. Mm-hmm. You could see it. Mm-hmm. You were standing up at a, at a drink rail mm-hmm. eating a hot dog and you're watching the game. And then you could go back to your seat. The thing about Reed Arena is the concourse is cut off from the seating bowl. Yeah. Right? We have Walls center, and center blocks and doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how do we expand the kind of the connection to the game no matter where you are in the building? Mm-hmm. How do we make the student section more impactful on the game? Right now we're in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Those are all the things that we want to study. So I would say, Derek, that we're, we would lean at this point in time to a renovated uh, Reed Arena because a new one comes with a lot of complications. Um, and so we're studying those things. Again, we hope to have some progress here in 2021, at least in terms of what's feasible, what's possible, what those concepts are. And then uh, what I always say about capital projects, it's time and money. Yeah, right. It takes time to get everything going. It takes time to plan. It takes time to raise the money. And then you have to obviously be able to finance it in some way, shape, or form. And so luckily we're at Texas A&M. We have resources. We have people. 
that'll commit. Um, and we just need to put that vision together. And COVID got in our way. And so we're going to dust these things off and mm-hmm. uh, get back after it. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Settle from um, Facebook. Clayton, thank you for watching and for submitting this question. Can you explain how a men's basketball missed seven straight games because of COVID? Clayton saying, I thought it was a two-week quarantine. A lot went into this month of February. Yeah. And it was more than just yeah. case and contact right. tracing. Weather was, was playing a part, as we talked about. On yeah, the so we were, we were ready to go. As you know very well, Andrew calling the games and spending a lot of time with Coach Williams. We were ready to play at Alabama last week. Mm-hmm. And then the weather canceled the game. And then we had another another positive uh, case within our program. And we actually had uh, we actually have individuals within our program um, that are that are symptomatic. And so their sort of their ramp up time, their recovery time to get back to full speed has been longer because there has been some symptoms. Mm. And so, again, health and safety is number one. That's the number one priority. We said that from the very beginning. If it takes us a little longer to get back into a safe environment, then we're going to take our time and whatever it is, it is. So we were going to play Alabama mm-hmm. with six or seven players, Arkansas, six or seven players. But we had that latest positive test, which extended some quarantine period for some people. The other thing about it is we've been so good for six months, we had no positive cases within our program. And so one of the protocols is if you had been positive earlier, you, you are clear from any testing or quarantine for 150 days. So anybody that tested positive last summer, that 150-day window is gone. Mm. So we didn't have that to work with, and so it just it compounded itself. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because we want to play. Buzz has made that very clear. Whenever we're able to play, we're going to play. Mm-hmm. And so it, that, that's the compounding uh, elements that made the two-week period, if you will, just a little bit longer, and it's unfortunate because our guys want to play. And that weather that hit us ended up going, hitting much of the SEC right. as well. Oh, yeah. You're staying in contact, making sure Alabama can get out right. safely because right. what we just got, they might get, but right. it's like that huge swath uh, of, of land right through this right. Through conference. Remember, we were playing on Wednesday night, and then we moved the game to Thursday at 2 o'clock. And Alabama was essentially going to fly out on Tuesday night, even though we moved the game just to get here and be stationed here. And then when the freezing rain forecast really ramped up, it's like, hey, you guys probably ought to sit tight. Let's see what happens on Wednesday and ended up canceling the game. Mm -hmm. Tough deal. Tough deal. But, hey, it's a great question. Right. Uh, The protocols are there for a reason. And, again, it's all about health and safety of uh, the young men and women in our programs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Karen Quattlebaum uh, is asking if there's a great enough demand for Sunday's women's basketball game in South Carolina. Could they open the upper bowl? Yes, I believe that's in the works right now. And so, again, we have to stay kind of in that Mm -hmm. 25, 27 percent capacity of Reed Arena, socially distant. But I know that that is in the works to expand into the upper deck. And by all accounts, going to be a heck of a game. Obviously, we got one more. <laughs> We've got to take care of business on Thursday against Alabama. Could be a title on the Tough line. Tough <laughs> game. And then uh, hopefully it's for a championship yeah. on uh, Sunday. But Three. great question. And that, that, that's the plan that's being worked on right mm-hmm. now. Karen, thank you. Uh, a lot of what uh, was submitted to us through 12thman.com slash Ross is dealing with facilities. And one here from Rick uh, asks, are there any plans to get the tennis program an indoor Man, facility? a lot of facility uh, questions. Yeah, they, they keep happening. Yeah. 
Yes, it's on the list. It's one yeah, of those that's right, yeah. <laughs> Go back and rewind my answer. It's on, it's on the list. It's part of our master plan. Uh, but we also, there, there could be some unique things in the community um, as well to maybe even partner with uh, some, some community uh, resources as well on an indoor tennis facility. Because mm-hmm. really, for college indoor tennis, you only need it when you need it. When right, there's yeah. inclement uh-huh. weather, the rest mm-hmm. of the time, you're not in there practicing. Tennis really is meant to be played outdoors. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're, we're looking at some partnership opportunities. Do we build our own facility here on campus? Um, that conversation has been in the works even before I got here in the, in the summer of 2019. And again, we're dusting all those things off. We're engaging now in conversations. So uh, again, hopefully we can uh, announce some things uh, in due time. And, and we definitely need an indoor tennis facility, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Yeah, because it feels like when our tennis teams travel and play indoors, mm-hmm. it's more of a within-the-city facility not necessarily a school's on campus indoor. It varies. It, it seems like, like that yeah, a lot. Like yeah, Auburn. But, Auburn's that yeah. way for mm-hmm. sure. I think Tuscaloosa is mm-hmm. that way. Uh, we are we are the last program in the SEC that does not have access to a sort of a dedicated indoor facility. Mississippi State, I think, just opened one last summer mm-hmm. or last spring. So it's a need. We, we need to have it, um, and it's on the list, as they say. Gotcha. You are listening to the February edition of the Aggie Town Hall with Director of Athletics Ross Bjork. He joins Andrew Monaco and I each month to hit the topics that are on the top of the list with the 12th man. We'll get word to you on when the March Town Hall will unfold. Uh, Before then, you can submit questions to the AD at the official website of Texas A&M Athletics. Go to 12thman.com slash askross. We are back with more on the Town Hall on this episode of Studio 12 after this on The Zone. Welcome back to Studio 12. Will Johnson with you. We are bringing you the latest Aggie Town Hall with A.D. Ross Bjork that was taped yesterday here inside 12th Man Productions. Let's conclude those proceedings right now. Uh, baseball related and I'm, I'd like to say I feel bad for the visiting bullpens and the right fielders for visiting teams at Bluebell but section 12 was a hit <laughs> love, it the was, it was. love the bleachers love the bleachers we've had that yeah. a couple times Rye Honer Mikey's dad uh-huh. thanks for the modifications to Bluebell Aggie baseball families appreciate all the efforts Russ Trider can, can Ross explain everything that went into moving that student section uh, to right field um it, it looked wonderful on Saturday. It sounded wonderful. It was, it was, we wanted to put a mic loud. there, but we don't have a seven-second delay for our <laughs> broadcast. <Yeah. laughs> just, we just need to just have the behavior, just be, uh, be in the right, uh, right frame of mind. You know, heckling mm-hmm. is okay, mm-hmm. but, you know, don't want to cross the line out there. But, no, I thought it was great, and it was loud. I walked in uh, probably right at uh, the first pitch, and it was loud. And it was like, wow, where's, where's this coming from? Oh, yeah, right field. We were uh, we were full based on capacity of mm-hmm. social distancing, and really where it originated from is we know where our students normally sit in the upper deck, and as a season ticket renewal process and people opting into season tickets started happening, we said, you know what, we're not going to be able to accommodate our students like we normally would. What can we do? And so Kevin Hurley put together a plan with our facility staff and with our external team and our ticket office. What if we added bleachers? We can have them erected for the entire season. So we did that on the on the berms, and then obviously they're in right field. And I think uh, based on the first weekend, 
it was a big hit, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And it also gives us a glimpse. Again, that's another project yeah. that is like on that. the master plan yeah. list mm-hmm. is we need to do more things at Bluebell Park. There's more opportunity there. Right. Whether it's outfield seating, whether it's more premium seating, whether it's more student seating, there's definitely demand. There's definitely a need. Aggie baseball fans are, are the best, and, and we need to provide those resources to them. And so it's something that it kind of gives you that glimpse. Boy, right field, right. that's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at that section out there. Yeah. And so, if anything, it kind of sets the stage, hopefully, uh, for the future. And when we get back to full capacity, Section 203 comes back. That's Correct. right. That's, that's exactly okay. right. Now, that's what right. you just said, though, about seeing that in the outfield. So, for the last year, we've all been managing, negotiating, doing with less. Now, as we can see that light at the end of the tunnel, ooh, here's a possible idea mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. to get back up, not just back up and running, but maybe add some things. Right. That's right. And that's the nice thing to be able to do because you get yeah. a glimpse of it and say, ooh, what can we do with this and, and right. make this even better? And, and give us that elbow room that we need for the social distancing piece of it, but also maintain a capacity that, you know what, Aggie fans want to watch baseball. So let's provide that opportunity. We can add some more seating. We'll keep it there all season. So I think it, uh, I think it was a great vision by our facility and external team. Mm-hmm. I want to say once again, because of Saturday, no, the ice in the upper section, gone by Sunday. I also heard a story that all our facilities people were not going to put students in harm's way. Um, I know they didn't spend a lot of time at home, but uh, that staff, outstanding. I can't thank yeah. them enough for, yeah. what, for what they did. And to have folks there on Sunday in the upper deck was wonderful. I do not want them to think that their work was not appreciated. No doubt. Just a fantastic job. No and doubt. I know that's was, just one yeah. venue. So <laughs> Yeah, there were some uh, 3, 4, 5 a.m. mornings to get uh, uh-huh. Bluebell Park ready, to get Davis Diamond ready. There was one sheet of ice at Davis Diamond. I mean, it was it was like six inches thick. <laughs> and I'm talking to Craig Potts, the head of our grounds crew. And I say, Craig, how can you remove that? And he goes, a jackhammer. <laughs> he goes, that's literally the only way. Well, what does a jackhammer do? That's going to break the concrete. Yeah. So, we, yeah, could we have got a jackhammer in the upper deck of Bluebell Park and uh, jackhammered the ice? Sure, but we would have been dealing with a crumbling stadium. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was one day. Um, our staff did a great job. Um, it was an inconvenience for the fans, uh, but it also showed that elbow room helped mm-hmm. on Saturday mm-hmm. to have the bleachers yes. and mm-hmm. Section 12. And But our staff did an unbelievable job, no oh. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to go here uh, from 12thman.com slash askross. Deals with us here at 12th Man Productions. Uh, John, class of 2002, he's from down in League City, uh, asked, when games are on uh, SEC Network Plus, like baseball, why can't there be a pregame-type broadcast prior to first pitch, similar to the way they do on radio prior to each game? This goes for any sport that 12th Man Productions is putting on in this format. The broadcast seems to start exactly at first pitch or right at tip-off for basketball. This would give them time to highlight each team's rosters and go over key game points i could assist with this one okay (laughs) no no since you are um we've also got matt simon in here Mm -hmm. who's uh, another voice of uh, our sec plus 
12th Man Productions. You're a voice of uh, 12th Man Productions. And as so I joked, you. I told you why it's not happening. Why? So when we saw one, this question. You, guys, you guys answer that one. <laughs> it's, the, it's the radio mafia saying no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're elbowing. <laughs> no, so Will, just kidding. Will, you take that one. Okay. So how do we do it now? Well, what I would tell John is just take a baseball game. I mean, when we open conference play, we'll open on a Thursday night at Florida. That game will be on national television, the SEC Network. Their guideline to that broadcast is to open the broadcast window two minutes two prior minutes. to first pitch. When a game comes to the digital platform, they're bringing us involved. We produce it mm-hmm. when it comes onto a digital platform. We follow the exact same, same guideline format. the SEC Network does. Therefore, John, we have two minutes. And we yep. don't stray from yep. what the SEC Network does for their games. The only time you would see studio and pregame support for a baseball game on the SEC Network is actually when you get to the conference tournament in Hoover. Yeah. Regular season baseball just doesn't happen. Uh, we follow the same network protocols as they do on a nationally televised game. They do two minutes, and unless they're changing, we do two minutes. So, so. We're, we're given the format, mm-hmm. SEC Network, and, and there's a lot of strict protocols that people probably don't even realize in terms mm-hmm. of number of cameras and the quality and, and those kind of things that, that obviously we, uh, we exceed here at Texas A&M. But that's handed to us, mm-hmm. and you guys fit in what you can in two minutes yep. to tee the game up. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and boom, you know what? With, with Coach Johnson, he says howdy, and then it's the yeah, next minute. Fifty nine is Coach. With Coach yeah. Johnson, we could use more than two minutes. Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Right well, there. Yeah. We, were, we were talking yeah. about this, and it's and it's funny because when it comes to let's say a college football Saturday, we know that there are certain games, and if we're on a certain channel, we'll start at thirty one. If it's a kick at the bottom mm-hmm. of the hour, CBS will be at thirty nine, two thirty nine. Right. You know, it's that kick because not right. just their their pregame that they have for the hour and then they're nine minutes uh, before that kick. But sometimes that that is the good news is, you know, it, it's 32 or 02, right. depending on that. Other times we have to adjust what we have to do because TV will dictate. Hey, nope, it's a 31 right. kick. And like uh, I know that that 11 a.m. coming right out of college game day. 1102 is the kick. Foot to ball is like it's like game day's over. Corso mm-hmm. puts on his headgear. <laughs> they go right to our game, let's say. And I mean, they're it's almost mm-hmm. like they're, they're hey, on they're the field kickoff. for the kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so they different formats and and we we follow what the espn and sec network gives us and that's right if there's more content that's needed then uh, maybe it's something we can bring up and that's another big old thanks to the everyone here 12th man productions uh busy weekend gonna be a busy spring but uh, just an outstanding job done by everyone so you could all see and and hear everything this yeah, weekend. And no you doubt. Will. Just to get them on air was right. a chore this weekend. Right. So yeah. uh, uh, baseball and softball. So a great job by 12th Man Productions. Thank you for joining us again. Our producer was Matt Simon. Our director today was Lexton Garrett. All those at 12th Man Productions, thank you for joining us. That is another Aggie Town Hall with our AD, Ross Bjork. You have been listening to the February edition of the Aggie Town Hall with Director of Athletics, Ross Bjork. He joins Andrew Monaco and I each month to hit the hot topics among the 12th man. We'll get word to you on when the March Town Hall will unfold. And remember, you can submit those questions to the AD at the official website of Texas A&M Athletics. Log on to 12thman.com slash askross. That concludes our chat with Ross Bjork. We're back in a bit to close the Wednesday edition of Studio 12 on The Zone. Listen up, homeowners and potential homeowners, if you are interested in refinancing, purchasing, or taking cash out, call Matt Winslow at 
936-443-3064. That's Matt Winslow at 936-443-3064. Matt is Aggie class of 01. He has over a decade of experience in the mortgage industry. As I told you earlier, he brings the Aggie code of honor to his business. A recent customer with Matt was able to pay off so much debt with a cash-out refi that their credit score shot up into the 800s. When they called Matt to tell him the news, she had tears in her eyes. <laughs> and Matt talked about how it was really an honor to impact somebody's life in that manner. So that's what he can do for you. Give him a call. Give him five minutes. Matt Winslow, he's Aggie class of 01, 936-443-3064. 936-443-3064. Upcoming schedule. For Texas A&M Athletics, got a lot. It's the springtime, several sports overlapping, some getting started, some coming down the home stretch. Here's what it looks like uh, coming up this week. On this Wednesday, tonight, baseball, they host Tarleton State, 630 out at Bluebell Park. It's been a rough start for baseball. They're 1-3. and Got to go back to 2000 to find the last time the baseball team dropped three of their first four four games, but tonight they try to get back in the win column against Tarleton State, 6.30, first pitch, Bluebell Park. This weekend, baseball is off to Round Rock to play in the Classic there, and the order and opponents is Friday against Baylor, Saturday against Oklahoma, and Sunday against Auburn. That game against Auburn, it does not count in the SEC standings. It is officially a non-conference contest. So tonight, Tarleton State at home. This weekend, Aggie Baseball's in Round Rock. Friday against Baylor. Saturday, OU. Sunday, Auburn. Softball this weekend. They are at Davis Diamond. They Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three-game set against Tulsa. Track and field tomorrow. The SEC Indoor Championships start in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And they run through Saturday. So we'll see what track and field can do up there in Fayetteville at the SEC Indoor Championships. Uh, another chance to watch a thing Mo run, who has been quite incredible for the maroon and white this year. Men's swimming and diving, their SEC championships are ongoing right now in Columbia, Missouri, and they'll draw to a close on Friday. So as we speak, the men's swimming and diving SEC championships unfolding for the Aggies in Columbia, Missouri. And how about this? Women's basketball recently ranked number three in the country. Gary Blair and his squad, 20 wins and one loss overall. Tomorrow night, they are at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Now, if they win, if they beat the Crimson Tide, that sets it up. Sunday, Reed Arena, 1 p.m. tip-off. Texas A&M versus South Carolina, and likely the SEC title is on the line. The Aggies and Gamecocks, quite frankly, they have put the rest of the field in the conference in their rearview mirror, and after tomorrow, they'll just have each other to look forward to. So Texas A&M, women's basketball, Gary Blair and his squad, 20 wins, one loss this year. They are ranked third in the country tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, they are in Tuscaloosa to play Alabama. If they win, it sets up what is likely an SEC championship matchup against South Carolina. This is something we are going to discuss more on our Friday show here on Studio 12. 
both A&M and South Carolina play tomorrow night and both have just one loss in the SEC. And both the Aggies and Gamecocks are in the top five. So if they can just if they both can win tomorrow, they both have just that one SEC loss going into Sunday, it will be for the SEC title. Ross referenced it earlier on the town hall that possibly looking at opening up the second deck at Reed Arena for that big time matchup between AM and South Carolina, although the crowd does have to remain socially distanced, but Certainly looking forward to the 1 p.m. tip Sunday. Reed Arena, A&M in South Carolina. Also, before we go, real quickly, uh, tonight at 6.30 on KBTX, if you're looking for your football fix, it's the first airing of the Texas A&M Signing Day show. After this initial airing on KBTX, you can see Aggie Football Signing Day show uh, with some re-airs on AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, check your listings for those. Uh, what that show is is really a spring preview mixed in with some introductions of the newest Aggies in this most recent signing class. Stephen McGee comes in to help us out as an analyst. You'll hear his thoughts on the 2021 season that's upcoming, the new signing class. Also, a lot of time spent on that show with our head coach, Jimbo Fisher. May not have heard from him in a while, but Jimbo Fisher is going to come on for quite some time on that A&M signing day show that starts airing tonight, 6.30 on KBTX. Coming off the 9-1 football season, the Orange Bowl champs ranked fourth in the country. You're going to want to be a part of this 2021 football season. It starts on September 4th against Kent State. you got the maroon and white game coming up April 17th. Folks, like I said, you want to be a part of it. 12thman.com slash football tickets if you're interested in joining us at Kyle Field in 2021. That'll wrap up this edition of Studio 12. We'll see you on Friday on The Zone.